This is Max Hedrum. Hello? Anybody home? Hey! Our generation may not remember the moon landing, but we remember moon boots. If you owe a few cavities to candy cigarettes, learned your adverbs from schoolhouse rocks, burned your shins on a hot middle slide with sharp edges, exploding pop rocks for science, and you still want your MTV, then this podcast is for you. Dancing with Myself is dedicated to the decade of excess, the 1980s. So pull up your leg warmers and let's get physical. You're listening to Dancing With Myself. I'm Heather. This is episode 14. In March of 1983, within a span of two days, two major cable networks made their debut. The Nashville Network, TNN, on March 7th, and Country Music Television, known as CMT, on March 5th, which provided evidence of the strong history of country music and strong decade to follow. While pop music in the 1980s was branching out, Nashville, thanks to a new crop of young performers with old-time appeal, was getting over its recent fling with country rock and returning to its roots. Leading the way was Emmy Lou Harris. Harris must have seemed an unlikely savior to country fans, pining for a return to musical traditions. Born in Alabama but raised in Washington, D.C. suburb, she left college to play folk music in the 1960s. Her crystalline soprano and solid guitar playing combined with her intelligence and delicate beauty to bring her success. But if her pedigree seemed upscale, her musical passions were down home. She revered the harmonies of the Leuven brothers and the Carter family, working their classics into her repertoire by the late 1970s. Harris also emulated the likes of Kitty Wells, Loretta Lynn, and Dolly Parton, later hooking up with Parton and Linda Ronstadt to record a million-selling album. In 1980, she was voted Female Vocalist of the Year by the Country Music Association, encouraging others to reinterpret older music. Among the best of these new traditionalists was Kentuckian Ricky Skaggs, who, after an apprenticeship with bluegrass legend Ralph Stanley, played backup with Harris for three years before making his way on his own in the early 1980s. A former child sensation who had played mandolin with bluegrass originator Bill Monroe at the age of six, Skaggs drew listeners with his high lonesome tenor and fancy picking. Other hot new acts of the decade that exuded old-time charm were the mother-daughter duo The Judds and Randy Travis, whose gritty gut-wrenching vocals sung in a deep honey-toned nasal voice won him comparisons with Merle Haggard. Where's the deep? On November 6, 1984, President Reagan and Vice President Bush were re-elected carrying 49 states and posting the greatest Republican electoral vote landslide in history. Reagan destroyed Democratic Representative Walter Mondale, who was the vice president from 1977 to 1981 under President Carter, and a United States senator representing Minnesota from 1964 to 1976. With 525 electoral votes to Mondale's 13, and with 17 million more popular votes, Reagan was the overwhelming choice for the American citizens. Reagan was 73 when he was re-elected. Girls' bathrooms the nation over reeked of two cents in 1982. Cigarette smoke and Giorgio Beverly Hills. 
Just looking at the perfume's name now, decades after its heyday, sets off a massive headache that starts right behind the eyes and soon has your whole head throbbing. As with Audrey 2, the man-eating plant Little Shop of Horrors, the takeover was silent but sudden. One day, no one had heard of Giorgio. The next day, it had ruthlessly jammed its tendrils into every dressing table and bathroom counter in all 50 states and Canada. Girls who'd been content to spritz on Avon were suddenly pulling their babysitting money and forking over an unheard of $40 plus for a seductively hourglass-shaped bottle of Giorgio. Then there was the decision to throw away the distinctive yellow and white striped box or keep it, further lording your purchases over your poorer friends. And once you had the Holy Grail, there was no sense being judicious about its usage. Other perfumes were for spraying. Giorgio was for drenching. The scent reportedly has 450 ingredients, and on a clear day at a high school, you could smell every last one of them. The perfume is still going strong. Giorgio not only lives on, but spawned an entire family of descendants, most notably red in 1989. And here's a fun fact for you. Giorgio's male equivalent was probably Aramis, though Polo and Ricard Noir also saturated high school halls in their day.